Thank you for tuning in to CCF Lowell's podcast. Wherever you are, we pray that you would be encouraged by today's message. To learn more about us, please visit www.ccflowell.org. And you can also find us on YouTube and Facebook. To show and oh okay. Uh, I know I messed up there. I could have said I uh, I could have continued the tradition. Um, stay with me for a few minutes. And how many people are baptized? I want to talk about five. Yeah. Apostle talked about how many stones? Five. Wow. wow. <laughs> so it's the day of five. I'm going to show a, a picture of five people. So, let me start. Uh, when I was young, I never knew what is show and tell. Because show and tell is not done all over the world. It's mostly in United Kingdom, North America, Australia, and New Zealand. So I was not among them. So I did not come across that. But I know when I was young, there was something I could call show and tell. But that one was the purpose was totally different than the purpose of those countries, uh, those places I've mentioned. Because the purpose of show and tell for the places that are doing now, where I have mentioned, there is a reason, there's a purpose. There's nothing that is done without purpose. And the purpose for tell, show and tell was to educate the kids to be able to have courage to be able to be public speakers to have college, is to help also kids to kind of come up with vocabularies, is to make them strong speakers. But I came to a place, instead of trying to become public speakers, we were doing art and craft. So we'll come with a very big stem of, stone, uh, of wood, you know, like a, a tree you cut at the center, you come with it in the class, you show that to the teacher, and this is what I have. And I'm going to take my sharp knife, I'm going to craft it, and it will be able to come as a person. I'll make a person out of this. I'll make a cow out of this. I'll make a house out of you know, whatever you want to become. So ours is to exercise. You use that brain, but it was artwork. Young ladies were coming with a cloth. They would tell the teacher, I'm going to cut this cloth. And I had a thread. I'm going to come up to knit it properly. I can make a dress. Those are the kind of things that you are used to do. But now the question is, 
since there are some people who did not come from those places I have mentioned, I started by asking the question, what is show and tell? The show and tell, I, know, I wanted to know where it came from. There was no clear indication of when it started, but it was back in 1954 that there was first article that was written that described or talked about this show and tell. That's how, uh, then from there, many things, many articles were written. And therefore, show and tell is, for those who are new, like me, just trust what I say. Because I was not there, I, you know, but I have consulted people. I asked some people, what were you doing in school? And this is what they used to do. The kid will go at their house. They can select the item, the object they want, like toy or an umbrella, whatever you want to describe. You come with it, and then you show the class, and then tell us about that. So the child kids eventually will become strong in studying before people. And they would try to describe. Now, how can I use tell, show and tell, and I cannot be able to go and grab the picture of Jesus? to bring on a service like this one to show. This is how it is. You can change the show and tell because show is an object like this and I want to tell you about this book, Bible. But now, where can I get Jesus to show the class? I came to realize that you can also change the story and become, a, you can change the tale and become a show. Somebody can say, a very, uh, somebody can be, can describe and say, this is an angry, angry woman that is telling. But I can be able to show an angry woman by just describing that my mother was yelling to us and he commanded us. So I can be able to describe somebody and that is show. Are we together? So, because I don't have somebody, an object to tell, I can describe. And that's why I'm very happy today that I can describe Jesus. I don't have to take a picture of somebody. I can just describe of who he is. And that is my show to the congregation. Amen. I'm going to be a, because of time factor, allow me to escape all this, go to the next one. 
I know by now you have read the definition. I know you have been in the Greek class. You know what this means. I was very much, I wanted to know more about show. But I'll go to the last word there. Ostentation. This is where show can also be used in a negative way. This is somebody who just wants to show, to show off. You know, like um, there is this show I can show about this, but there are times when I buy a new shoes, I want to come late, and I want to go and sit in front. And I want to come when the preacher is preaching, when it's quiet, and uh, thank God for the carpet. There are some places we don't have carpet, so whenever you step on, the whole building says, And everybody will know that somebody is coming in. Yeah. And everybody will look the kind of shoes that is passing by. Yeah. There are many types of showing. And therefore, having described about this, uh, there's a next one, it's not mine, it's, a, it's supposed to be a quotation, but you cannot see it clearly. But go to the next one. Yes, people may not always tell you how they feel about you, but they will always show you, yeah. They may not tell you, but they will show you. So the question of this person who wrote here, I cannot even see here, when I went there, I did not get the writer. Uh, we are told, pay attention to every show that you see because you never know what show you are going to expect a certain day. So show can be surprising. So allow me to say here that when I discovered about that, I came across four men, one woman. And I want to show you about this, and before we go to that, before you bring that, is because I want to talk about five that after meeting with these four men, oh, is it four men? Four men and one woman. I want to share with you my story about the ministry. And I'm going to be very brief. And here we go. That was a man. <laughs> Uh, I think that photo has gone to so many places, so many places, until it has changed its color. <laughs> so, that was a man who was down there. One day, his mother took him to school. That was my school life, high school life. Uh, I was young, I used to have this kind of fashion, you know, like that. I used to have long hair, but somebody came and did not want that. So, that was the first one. Why do I start with that? Because this is the first time I encountered with Christ. I was in what we call grade nine here. That's form one. 
in our place. And when you go to that place, uh, there are so many things that happen there, a lot of beating by fellow students. Because going to four, grade nine from one, it's like an offense to some people. The second class, third class, and fourth class, it's like they did not want first class to come. Are we together? So they will give what you call, I don't know whether that's the term you use it here, monorization. It is this first day that you go and you are supplied with a new blanket. You know it smells. So the second grade will not need to know who is new. They just need to come at night allowed free and smell the blanket. And if your blanket smelled new, there is no light. You will be shown a sign of stepping out from the bed. And then you go to the shower room. And that time, the very cold water will be on. And you are, out, you are all ushered therein. The water is that, that nine, you know, so... Uh, allow me to say it was not good. Some people could think of going back home or that, but you have to persevere. Now, but in that time, God did something. When I was in that first year, I went to Christian Union. And somebody preached. I did not give my life to Jesus, but there was a trip and I did not go because of there is a sermon to be preached another place. I went because there is a outing. So we went for an, a Saturday. Our school went to another school for retreat. And in that retreat, it was a Christian retreat. Somebody preached. And I gave my life to Jesus that day. And coming back to my school to tell them that I... God saved, it was another challenging thing because you'll be told, now you cannot buy a cigarette. He'll give you five cents, go and buy a packet of cigarette and bring change. It's not even enough. Look for money and look for change. Bring this money and all this kind of thing. That's the kind of life. But God made it us. To Safia. From one class one, uh, first year, second year, like that one. And uh, I joined the Christian Union. I happened just down the road, I became one of the officials. And uh, during that time, the school gave us a chance. On Friday, when we are raising the flag, we want somebody from Christian Union. Just to read a scripture, tell us about five minutes, and that's all. Then the, the teacher who is on duty will dismiss us. And that's what happened. I, I happened to be one of the officials. So I got another title. What's the title? A Mokali title. We are being mocked that we are pretending to be pastors because we are telling them about God. And that is, we, are, we accepted to be mocked, like that one, because every time we have a chance, 
we were telling them about this Jesus. And uh, that was a journey that God made it and we went through. That I will never forget my first beginning. If it were not this Jesus, I could not have made it. We persevered all. We thought it was a mockery. I remember, even somebody said, it's better for one to die than everybody to die without doing the prophet. I cannot tell how many maybe later on became pastors or something like that, but that is the kind of life that the first man lived. And uh, then the life goes on and on. I just wanted to connect, the, you know, somewhere the touching. And then uh, I started the ministry. God called me as Yari, and I started the ministry as a young man. And uh, when I started the ministry, I thought it's good to kind of look for somebody. So one of the pastor, we were in the class together, uh, invited me to go to preach in his church. And uh, he was an elderly. We were, he had people who are of our age, but we were in the same school. You, can, you know Bible school, you can mix everybody. Now, when we, mixed, uh, we met with him, I went to preach, and I was selling some books, Christian books. I went to that place, and, you know, I, it was on a weekend. I went on a Saturday. I had to spend the night there. You can imagine somebody coming from another life of, now I have left to work. I went to Bible school as full-time. But now, this time, when I went there, <clears throat> and when I came to Bible school, there's something miracle that happened. Um, we were told to go to Bible school, but when I went there, the first time, a miracle happened. I don't know who paid my school fees for four years, and that was the first miracle to, to, for God to fulfill that I was there. I was called. Amen. And uh, now, during that time, it was just to get my pocket money, like, like that. And uh, the school also gave me a work to be working in the Bible, in, 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 at school as a student. And the same time, when, because I was doing my first degree, I was teaching diploma. And um, I decided to go to this place, and I met a, young, a, a group of young people. So the first person to offer me lunch, she was a very smart girl. And uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I said, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I just... I just went straight. You know, we did not know how much to go around. We, did not, we were not trained about doing those kind of dating for a long time, you know. I just straight and asked, can you marry a pastor? <laughs> if somebody is a pastor, you know, can you marry, you know. She said, okay, let's pray like that. Uh, maybe after two months, I got the response. Um, she said yes. So what I said is I prayed for her, you know, to say yes, you know. And then I left her. And then, uh, you know, she, she was working. I was in Bible school. So she said, one day I went to the same place because now I wanted to make that one as a frequent visit. And then uh, one day she was asking, can, you, can, you, can I give you something like, you know, like 200 like this? Yeah, because Bible school, you are a student. Uh, I would say, I'll count. The first time I would say no. Second one, I will say, no, I don't need it. The third one, I cannot say that because if I say no, 
the money will go back. And I needed it. So the third time I have to say, okay, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so, and now, after two years, we got married. And uh, that, that's, uh, mm, that's, that's, and I gave her a ride today, that's why she's here. So, so th that's the life, you know? And now, for her coming, she kind of, um, she came and joined our ministry. Uh, she was from a different denomination or different ministry. She joined my ministry. She supported me and we worked together. And then uh, she came to Bible, uh, when I finished the Bible school, uh, she waited for me to finish the Bible school. I, when I finished the Bible school, we, we had a vision to go somewhere, but uh, still the Bible school administration requested me to work where I worked for the next 10, 10 years. I worked there as a teaching, as a business manager, as a teacher, and also I'm preaching. And that time I was working and I came to the ministry, I opened the church, I became a um, pastor with one church, I became pastor with the nine churches, we call them presbyter, and in our district we, I became assistant bishop. Um, 20, 21 years. Yeah, 21 years. So that's the time God called me in the full-time ministry, 21 years. And uh, I became a bishop when I was 35. Um, I, that's the time I, uh, then from there, and um, we, we went together, and that time I was in Bible school, we were talking together, and the life there went on. I want to push it to the next level, because I don't want to talk much about this. Those are all this time. There's another one. You can see me when I was a professor in the Bible school. The next one. I used to have a tie now. Now I used to have a tie and, uh, you know, that kind of a thing. And then we worked where uh, we were a bit busy. But now... There, I wanted to do my master, first, second dig, uh, master's. I did not, uh, the, the work was too much because I had four different offices. The pastor, presbyter, bishop, and Bible school uh, teacher. And uh, I decided, why don't I test? I have come here several times to visit. And uh, I don't know whether we have met with a person at that time visiting. Yeah, visiting, we met once. We, yeah. 1993. Now, then from there, we decided to relocate. And um, allow me not to talk about it because people can stipulate a lot of things. I knew that coming here, it was a private. Uh, that we, we invited a preacher from India, and he came, and um, this person, he came through Brother Francis, no, no, Simon. Brother Simon, he was a student in India, and he said, I appreciate coming in Kenya. And this person, after service, he prayed for us. He prophesied. Uh, he told us this, uh, that um, I was about to get the position of a bishop there. He, he, he prophesied about that. And he said, um, because of the kindness of my wife, uh, God will allow me to locate, to go in a... He described about going to America, and uh, 
So I, I, I wanted to always to make sure that the things are good because when she comes, then she can, she can go with me. So we, we, we wrote somewhere and it came to pass. The district wide, it came to pass and also God opened a door to come here to school. Me, I was coming to school. And then when I was coming to school, when I went to the, my first semester, at that time we have met with the apostle, and when we met, and then I, went, I looked for money, went to school, and the school wanted me to be there for four years. Uh, three years in master's, and uh, I wanted one in education. One year in So when I went and I enrolled, I got another scholarship. The school said, your all scholarship has been paid. And that's how my stay in America also was a miracle. So thank you. When that one was paid, then I said, okay, things are okay. And um, we connected with Apostle. And um, you know, every time there is a man, there's somebody who connects with you, isn't it? Somebody who connects with you. Uh, truthful, you know, I was coming and the school had said, when you come to school, you have to be somewhere doing practicum. And then we had our own plan. We had another person, and then we, we, we thought about that. But when I came to school, and the school was paid, and I, I, was, I, I just said, instead of going for practicum for four years, uh, I have experience. They told me to write my experience, and I had come with testimonial from my district, from my missionaries. And then when I gave, they said, all you are in service training have been given up. So you have passed already. When I was first year, all my inter internship, all of them were paid. No, were already recorded. As if somebody has been there for all those, so I did not need to do them. And that made it possible for me to be free. I thought I would go to assemblies, but uh, when I met Apostle Najim, when somebody introduced me, like the way you are saying, uh, introduced me, as I said, that Sunday, and when I came here, I felt at home. And this is my last, we are almost going to 24 years. Amen. And God has been faithful to us. I cannot complain. Very briefly, because now all I have said all, I was thinking about uh, this, uh, the person who has done, unless I explain to you who is this person, and this person is Jesus. Then what happened is that all those stages, um, I did not want to talk about the last one because that one is a combination of many other things, and what, I think you can go to the next one. Um, so when I, when I think about this, I see unless somebody holds your hand to take you somewhere, you cannot make it. That's right. There was somebody who held my hand, and that is, you know, it, it is Jesus, but in every stage, you transform form to be a person, isn't it? Yes. You come in a person yes. because he has to make it possible to make this body have a way of going through. And this Jesus is the one I saw. And when I'm thinking about, I saw that Jesus, he held my heart to be able to go to each and every step. For the years I have been in the ministry. And when I think about that, I see that's why. He gave me five fingers to be able to, whenever I look at my, my heart, I can be able to see 
I was given figures that can make a complete grabbing. It can grab. You, you can be able to grab something and hold it firmly. So Jesus has given me, he has held me with those. And one of the things I was looking to myself, I say, he gave us five senses to be able to be a complete. And if the five senses, what is the purpose of the five senses? The purpose of five senses is how the body communicates with the world. It doesn't matter which world you are in, but you need for those five senses to communicate with that world. You either see things, or you smell things, or you taste, or you hear, or you have a skin that can have a touch. And they connect. And all of them, they connect with the brain. Brain is the interpreter. So when one sense, one sense is feeling something, he just needs to send the message to the interpreter, and the interpreter will command the other sense, sense to do something. If somebody pinches your skin, you feel pain, the interpreter tells the eye, shed tears, because something is happening. If my ear hears things happening outside and I can hear somebody is having, is a dangerous person want to hurt me, it goes to the sense of either the, the eye you have not seen, but it will come to the mouth and say, shout for help, or Still to the eye, cry. Something danger is happening. I don't want to dwell on this because I believe there is a reason why God gave us those five, five to be able to show and tell us about who he is. And the way I see it is this. In the book of John, chapter 11, there's a story of Lazarus where he was sick. The sisters knew that Jesus was their friend and was not very far. It was a two-day's two journey. So they sent friends or people to go and call Jesus that your friend is sick. You know the story? But what happened is that instead of, the reason why Jesus did not come within five days, or four, uh, within two days, is because if Jesus could have come as according to the journey's time, he could have arrived there two days after he has died. And this time, remember Jesus had brought other people to the selection, isn't it? He had done those miracles to raise people eh, again. But those other miracles, there was a reason why he wanted to do a different mi miracle now. The miracle was that 
according to the tradition, they believe if you die, the life or the soul will be wandering in the air for 72 hours. The soul can decide to come back. So there is no evidence that those, those people that were healed or were raised by Jesus, everybody believed. Not everybody, there were, there were people who were believing. Others could have said, maybe the soul came back. And he wanted to make sure their tradition time is over. And when it is over, it changed the order. It was smelling. The body, where it was, everybody was assured that he is not with us. They overlapped him, they, or they wrapped him, and he put him in the grave. Because now, even when Jesus came now, the time, he knew he was coming after their time is over. When he came, they were talking about, if you have been here, my brother could not have died. They believed about resurrection. Uh, all these things they were saying, but they were told, if you believe, you see the glory of God. And there's a question that Jesus asked. Where have you laid him? There's a question. It doesn't matter what else that you believe. Where have you laid him? And because Jesus was having the five senses, as we say, because one of the senses, I may not go to the order, but one of the senses I would like to say here, uh, you know, I, I say Jesus has those senses. One thing, he does not wear glasses like myself. He does not wear the healing aid. But let me tell you about this feeling that he had here. Because if you, if you are sick, the sickness that you cannot feel the sense, or you cannot expro, ex, express the emotion, we call it flat affection, is a disease that you cannot be able to have the feeling that you cannot even express emotion, whether you are happy or not. But Jesus wept. When he knew, when he saw, not because of Rasalas, he wept because of the people he was, he was, he, he was seeing, that they were, there was a lot of unbelief. And when he, you know the story how it went, I'm not about how it happened and how it went like, but I wanted to show you that it is where he needed man to point out, not that Jesus did not know. He could have walked straight all the way to the corners of that place. I don't know how much he was familiar with the compound. Remember, he was a very frequent person in that home. So I don't know whether he could have used that or because of him as God, he knows the possession, he knows where he was. So he did not want that. He wanted somebody to point out. That's why today, even in our own life, I believe there are some challenges, there are some things that we can tell God today 
you know, God, I have been challenged. I have lost this. This area, I'm dead. My business is dead. My job is not there. All kind of things that you think has gone beyond your control. Jesus is asking, show me where your need is and I'll do a miracle. I'll bring it back. Just show me where you are aching and I'll bring healing. Point it. He needs us to point that area that we need him to do the miracle. And even today, he is looking for that. And also, quickly, let me tell you in the same area. There was this man of Jericho who happened to meet Jesus. And he was blind, could not see. And now, when he had one of his senses was ear, he heard what people were saying. Who was that person? Jesus, son of David. And then he used his mouth and shouted, asking for him. But you know what? The people around did not want him to disturb Jesus. He was prevented. But he kept on crying out, crying out for Jesus Son of David, have mercy on me. But let me tell you, I don't know whether there are some things because you don't, you don't see. The devil has tried to block them. But I want to tell you, if only you shout to Jesus, the son of David, he is able to hear you. Use your senses to shout unto Jesus. And he knows what you are lacking. One sense can cry for the other sense to be helped. And when this man was crying, I couldn't figure out what about the negativity things that we hear about us. We cannot go through because of what we hear. We sometimes despise ourselves. We don't think we qualify. But let me tell you, this man did not stop. The story that you want is in the book of Luke. And what the Bible says is that when it came a time that Jesus said, let that man come. What did it happen? The miracle took place. There's a miracle that will take place if you only agree. I was thinking about smile, number two. You know what the Bible says? Second Corinthians 2.15, it says, for we are like a sweet-smelling incense offered by Christ to God. That incense, that's how we are. Before God, we look like that 
aroma. And when Paul was writing this, he knew very well. If you look at chapter 16 there, it's talking about a very good fragrance, is it? It says, which spread among those who are being saved and those who are being lost. For those who are being lost, it is a deadly stretch that kills. But for those who are being saved, it's a fragrance that brings life. We serve a mighty God. Paul knew about this. He combined two things. If you go to the Old Testament, they talk about uh, the, the kind of uh, aroma is the acceptable sacrifices that were done. He knew that. That when the good offerings were done before God, they were like those fragrance, sweet, or aroma. Uh, that good smell, incense, that were happening. But then he was also combining with the tradition or the culture of the Romans that they knew. Because the Romans, whenever they go to the battle and they win, when they are coming home with their captives, they have to parade. And in those parades on the streets, they, were having, they had to burn incense as they walk with the dances. As they are walking, there are two people who are listening about the, who are feeling the smell. Who are these two? The victorious soldiers who have come with victory, to them, it's a beautiful, sweet, fragrant. But there were people who were also smelling the captives that they have come with them. They were feeling death, um, uh, uh, defeat and death. Because they, are going, they might be going to die. The captives. So the smell is not the same. To some is a fragrant that aroma. But to others is like death. And that's what Paul is telling them here. And even today to us, it does matter what kind of fragrance that Jesus is taking to God. Because we are hearing it's what Jesus is offering to God. Who, where are you? What is the kind of sacrifice or offerings that you have? Are you doing things that are glorifying God. And that's the challenge for us today. I believe as a believer, and then the word is, that fragrance, when we have that, it's like, it also help or make the whole world feel good. And that's how we spread the good life to the world. And um, allow me to just be very quick here and say that, uh, we, I want us to talk about uh, what we are healing. Uh, if I have time, I will come back to three. But let, go to like number four. <clears throat> Hallelujah. God is healing all your prayers. 
And uh, I, I wanted to say that uh, what we are hearing is matters a lot. I, I don't have to dwell with uh, the, 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 the challenges that we have because uh, those who do not have smell, it, I was seeing that um, there is this uh, problem, we call it uh, anosmia. Anosmia is where you cannot feel any smell. So we, we need to be people who can smell God. Amen. There are people, even when in the church, they, even if something happened, the, the spiritual thing, they cannot smell the presence of God. But may God help us to heal. Remember, he is a healer. At the very end, we are going to say, may God help all these challenges that we may have. But when it comes to uh, the healing, there, is, there are people who may have lost healing by the age. Somebody said uh, in, a, in a camp yesterday, one pastor said, let's have all people who are 40 and under to go there, in another place, eh? with another preacher. And then he said, all the people who are 41 and above, you are left somewhere, yeah? Okay. Now, I want to address those people who are 40 and above. 41 and above. And above. Uh, because those who are 41 and above, or they say 40, according to the statistics in America, more than 42, uh, 4.2 million people in America are undergoing either they don't hear, they are, or they don't, you know, they don't hear, or they are in the process. Uh, and also, even seeing sometimes we have the, that's the same age we are going to this kind of thing, and um, I'm talking about there are some problems that come with the age. But allow me to say here that we have good news that the Bible says the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. When you are brokenhearted before God, it doesn't matter with the age. It doesn't matter whether you are young or old. Those are statistics according to this physical body that's going through. But in the spiritual world, there is no young or old. And it doesn't matter what's going on. So the things that we are talking about, lack of healing, is not about your physical. I'm talking about in the spiritual realm. What you are healing in the Lord. We were in the mountain talking about refreshing. And we kind of talked about that very much. And uh, we, we, we were so much blessed that we can be refreshed even at a very, any age, young or old. I want to say, please do not listen to the voices of fear. Because Satan will try to put fear in us, in whatever we do, and become a problem. There are people today, when they open their phones, any call they get makes them fearful. The message that you get, it's not encouraging. May God help us not to allow the, the, the voice of fear. May God help us not to hear negativity thoughts. 
in our lives, especially in Christian realm. And the voice of trouble. Use your ears to listen Jesus' voice. Because how can I be able to force myself to hear Jesus' voice? It's only by changing my world. We say that the senses are communicating with your world. We need either to relocate from our world. Who are the people surrounding you? These are the people that you keep on hearing about them. These are the people who will be talking to you through texts, through emails, through calls. If the world is not conducive, move from your world and go to the world that can make you hear the things that can feed the Spirit of God to glorify God. And we are intimidated by staying somewhere year after year. And whenever problem comes, you say, I have been trying, but I don't know how I can get out. Time to change the world. Hallelujah. Use your ears to fill the spirit with good things. It's possible because good things are there. People are, we have TVs with good news. Not the good news that they talk about. Are we talking about? The good news about Christ. They are Christian channels. Yes, sir. And we have where if you want to spend your time hearing God. Let me just mention about uh, this in passing about uh, the feeling also. The feeling is something which is very important. When you lose ability to feel and to express the emotion, as I said, you undergo this problem of flat affection. But I want to bring you to a woman who, want, who, had a, who has the, the breeding for a long time, 12 years. Eh? And this woman had, or maybe so, son of God passing. And he wanted to go to Jesus. Still, people are blocking her. People did not want. But it's time she said, enough is enough. This, is, this salvation is by violence. And what she did, she went and touched the garment of Jesus. Yeah. What Jesus said, oh, I have heard somebody touch me. And then people are confusing Jesus by saying, who, we are so many people, and people are squeezing. There are people who are holding shoulder to shoulder. How do you know one has touched you? There is one on the right. There is one on the left. There is one behind you. They are all touching you. How do you know that somebody touched you? And he said, no, I have felt the power of God has come from me. To that person, might tell you, my brother, you have to touch that Jesus. One touch can change your life. One touch can make your life different. There are people who are sick, and they say, there's my sickness. But I want to tell you, touch Jesus. I have described, I have shown you Jesus. He is in the room. 
Just touch him and your problems will be no more. People, I don't have time to speak about the specifics. It's not only disease. There are all kind of life that are surrounding us in our world. When the bank calls you, you don't think that they're calling you for something good. When anybody calls you, you don't think that it's your friend. Everybody looks like your enemy. But why don't you touch that Jesus and you touch everybody? When you touch him, you can be well and you can testify to others. And you can be able to be able to pass and you become a Roma to the world. When you go, you will rejoice and you jump like that man, Peter, touched at the gate. And when he went to the temple praising God, everybody came to see that. And that's the aroma that we are looking for. God is going to help us. This is what God is looking for. I want to say the question, uh, what the question today is, what about, okay, sorry, okay, okay. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. Okay, thank you. Um, what it says is, what about you from now on? You can choose to use your five cents to glorify God. I know there is one I have not touched about taste, but this is where you need to taste and see the Lord is good. Amen. And uh, yeah. it's just a practical one. Yeah. You, you, you taste and taste and, you know, and see that God is good. So I'm doing rightly, but I want to say that today God can use our five senses to be able to glorify his church. And if we as Christians, we as the people of God, uh, allow me to kind of wind up by saying this, uh, that um, uh, even those that are in the middle of, they don't know whether it's a problem or not a problem, the, God's, uh, the Bible says that wherever he went, he did good, isn't it? So if you allow this Jesus that we are showing to come and be in your presence, describe this Jesus to your house. Describe this Jesus. Bring this Jesus. Show. Like that kid who gets the toy to the class. Why don't you take this Jesus and describe him in your church? Get this Jesus at your house. Get this Jesus at your place of work. Let the people know by describing who this Jesus is. I'm just taking, I have taken a few minutes to describe the Jesus. I have walked with him. He has held my hand and I have seen his faithfulness. Amen. I can be able to say he is good God. God bless you. Thanks again for tuning in. We pray the Lord has used this message to speak to you today. If you'd like to stay connected, please subscribe to our weekly podcasts. We pray God's blessing over you wherever you are and wherever you go.